feeling good we are back happy new year my friend and happy to new year to happy to to new year, year new, new. did i am i already did i already start can we do this again no of course not hey jt how are you hi buddy happy to to you to you happy I'm happy to movies. you Movies. Happy, happy to you, ear new. I'm doing uh, an elegant segue into let's talk about movies, JT. That's a good, elegant segue. Um, I got to tell you, this episode's about our favorite picks of 2021, and this is a strong contender for my 2022 list already. Yeah, when we do best openings to an episode, <laughs> we'll do this. But yes, everybody, it's 2022. We're off and rolling, but we're starting with what did we like the most about 2021? Yeah, and it's exciting for a couple reasons. So let's orient everybody. So we've done, this is episode 76 of the top fives. We don't know how many we've actually done because neither of us could be bothered to count, but it's more than 76. Uh, we we put a hard stop on this because we did, for our 50th episode, we did our favorite picks to this point. So we've already kind of done this. However, we've done 25 episodes since then. So what we're doing this time is we're going to do our favorite picks from episode 50 to now, which I think was March-ish, if memory serves. Something like that. It was May. I was uh, an checked. Yeah, we, you know, technically speaking, if we were more, uh, more religious about such things, this would be a specific, like, strict to the year kind of thing. We redo it. We do this in May. But we're just not going to because this is what we want to talk about, and we're going to. Yeah. And there's plenty of good stuff. There's plenty, plenty, plenty of good stuff to talk about. I actually, it, it's funny. Like I went through this list and I didn't, I, I didn't have a lot of like, oh, is it this or this or is it that or that? I was very quick to be like, oh no, that one. Yep, 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 that one. It was a very fun journey, and that alone made me be like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a good episode. Yeah, so that so you answered my my always my first question, which was how is making your list. I basically had the exact same sort of deal, which was like we talked about doing this, we knew we were going to do it. Obviously, starting the new year, thought it was fun. I was like, cool. And then you know, life happens. We're kind of like in that holiday hangover where you're trying to get yourself back together and like be a person and a human again. So I was like, oh man, I can't put this off anymore. But as I do every week and every one of these we do, I put it off. And then I kind of went through it and I'm like, oh boy, this is like over 250 movies to choose from because it's not just my list, it's your list too. And we had other people too. So I was like, this is a lot of movies. And then within like 14 minutes of looking at the list, I was like, oh, I, I pretty much know what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I got to 14 minutes. I just basically went through all of my notes and it, like the way I have it organized, it was actually just super easy to be like, oh, there, yep, that, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally fair. So with that being said, our favorite picks of 2021, Jeremy being uh, the, the Gen Xer of the group, me being fringe millennial e person. Um, I still don't love the fringe millennial because I just, I don't know. I feel like there should be something in the middle ground. And fringe is exactly what that means. And I don't like it anyway. How very millennial of you. See, that, <laughs> that, that, that's it right there. It's like Gen Xers, we're okay. To, like, 
Boomers barely even know they're labeled boomers. Gen Xers, we're just like, you're going to call us that? Okay, fine. We're not really going to complain about it. We're just going to go quietly do our thing and, you know, do it extraordinarily well because that's what we all do. And once we hit millennial time, it's like, well, am I this or am I that? I don't want to be part of this. I'm not the avocado toast eater of the group. I mean, it's delicious, just to be clear. <laughs> it, it's really good. It's I have no problem with avocado toast unless it's for $12, in which case I have a major problem with avocado toast. I, so it depends on the kind of bread. If you get like one of those real thick boy sourdoughs and they've got like a, a really beautiful farm fresh egg and big thick avocado pieces, it's too much, but I understand it. If you bring me like a piece of like Arnold's rye, I'm pissed. <laughs> but you get like a really big thick piece of mutton on there. Uh, no, I, uh, it is, but, but is it in any way, like if my generation stereotype is like sort of latchkey kids and a few other things, does it, is it cool or lame to be associated with avocado toast as like the hot, like if there was an icon, if there was an emoji that meant millennial, it would probably be that right. Like sadly or not, like, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but. I don't take disrespect. Well, that's part of the reason that I genuinely struggle with the fringe millennial thing because I do identify with, like, I was just on the cusp of, like, not having internet. Like, there's, I have memory sans internet, and then I have internet. So, like, being born in 85, like, not not everybody had the World Wide Web. Like, I remember when AOL became a thing. I was young. It didn't affect me the way it affected you. But, like, I did exist without it, and I was a latchkey kid. So when everybody's like, oh, you people have grew up with just phones, it's like, nah, dude, like I had to go, th- I was around when beepers were a thing, which if you th- look at the, if you look at the right. other side of millennials, they wouldn't know what a house phone was. So it's just, it's a big chasm to swing because right. technology moved so much faster in that period. But I'm well, fine with that, that. That's when you jumped on the information superhighway. That's and right. So, that's right. Here we we got go. on the superhighway. So at, speaking of superhighways, let's get right to our Shawshank. Jeremy, do you have a Shawshank pick for what you think should be the universal favorite pick of 2021? Um, I have a Shawshank of my picks for 2021. Okay. Do you have a Shawshank? I have a universal Shawshank. You have a universal... Um, I mean, I say my picks because it happened to be one I picked, but I don't mean it in that like onerous kind of way. It's just oh. one of the ones I selected. Oh, well, it's okay for you to have it. All right. Well, I have no idea whose turn it is, and I didn't even pull up Trello. So why don't you just tell us? <laughs> okay. So from I'll go. My, my thing this, this week, I give you only two things. Okay. The year of the movie in question. Okay. And then... Five words that I think you will pick up on with no more than two two uh, entries. Okay. Uh, so this one will be five words are pretty good for a noob. Pretty good for a noob. Yeah, or newbie if you'd like to go to the full full use of. Hmm. Pretty good for a noob. Pretty good for a noob. Is there a, and you said there's a year attached to this? And the movie, there's just two different clues. I'm just going to say that the movie in question would be 1994. Pretty good for a noob in 1994. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea what this is. So, pretty good for a noob refers to the category, which is 
directorial debuts. Oh, okay. In the movies from 1994. And that would be Frank Darabont's The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, clever. <laughs> yeah, fine. So, yeah, I have a Shawshank. It's called The Shawshank. Yeah, did I not Shawshank The Shawshank on the Shawshank episode? I don't know. By the way, for those of you confused as to why we keep saying Shawshank, our very first episode, we had this whole thing where we called it the most rewatchable movie of all time. Therefore, the most of anything is we call the Shawshank. So it's sort of our, like, it's our goat, if you will. It's our category definer, per se. JT, you got one? It's also the most rewatchable movie of all time, by the way. That's Uh, true. (laughs) <laughs> I do. So I, I, have, I have a different set of clues. I'll give you the year and the episode. Okay. And then I, I'm going to give you five words elsewise. But this one I think is, is should be pretty straightforward. So the movie came out in 2004. It came from episode 75, the rebuttal episode. The movie came out in what year? 2004. All right. And am I getting five words about the movie as well? I can give it to you, but I, oh, this, I, I, I kind of want Harold, to Yeah, yeah. No, this is Harold and Kumar. Yeah. That we missed from the... Yeah. Right. This, yeah. This is this is your buddy Ryan calling yeah. us out for missing Harold and Kumar from the food episode. Uh-huh. So you have, you have made a top five pick for the year as something your buddy picked. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> I think that's a great pick. I think it's a, a, it's a really, really good choice. We just talked about this, so we don't have to talk about it anymore, right? Which, yeah. which is part of the Shawshank. If we decide to, we 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 got some good feedback on this, uh, that exact same episode about maybe changing changing Shawshank up, which we're open to. But in this in this instance, we literally just talked about it. Ryan made a great case for it, and maybe it's because it was top of mind. But also, two or three days after that, I was like, God, we really should have picked Harold and Kumar going to White Castle. <laughs> it was, in fact, a really good pick, and I I agree with it, and. Mine was mine was half joking. I will say though, the fact that the Shawshank Redemption was actually a directorial debut is, is still absolutely absurd. I, I, I think even on like a Citizen Kane kind of level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So should we just go into the actual top five now? It's your it's your turn, my friend. Alrighty. In no particular order today. So I'll go with this one to start. The movie is from 2006. Okay. And the five words are celebrating work and little ones. Celebrating work and little ones. So celebrating work, little ones are children, kids, something to that effect. Or littler if you want. Babies. So this would have... So this would have been from our Labor Day episode. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So celebrating work and babies. Well, the five words is just the episode. This is, you will not guess any of these this week. I made this way oh. too hard inadvertently because the movie, you'd have to then know one of the movies that I picked was from 2006. Yeah. So in, in quick retrospect, midway through this episode, I'm already regretting my poor <laughs> use of clues. So celebrating work was meant for another clue into labor because okay. maybe it's Labor Day. You know. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. It, it makes sense, but it's definitely not helping me get the movie. I got to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, okay. Then the clue here, I guess I can just go find the original clue if you want, but this would be something on the order of 18 years, no babies. 
18 years, no babies. 2006, 18 years, no babies. Yeah, I don't know. You can just tell me. It's children of men. Oh, oh yeah. I think I had yeah. the same. You had, I think I did that noise <laughs> in the original episode, too. <laughs> I, again, to, to real-time challenge your editing skills, if you can go check your audio reaction to that, and if you are correct, try to insert it back into this. Well, actually, I guess it would have to be after this point. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what to make that funny with. But I really like this pick. What I was doing a relook is, I first of all, I love the movie. And yeah. so finding ways to weave it into the list, because it doesn't fit, it's not going to fit in a lot of categories, right? Uh, yeah. and, and by the way, just so everybody's on the same page, the 18 years, no babies isn't a spoiler. I'm pretty sure it's like the opening text that appears on screen before, as the movie starts to roll. You're correct. And one of the things about this movie that, that, that I did talk about in the episode, so I'm not going to go too far back into is just the, I, I'm going to go with near pioneering use of the long take. Hmm. There's a, it's either 11 or 13 minute long sequence near the end of the movie that is all just one cut and it's this big action shot like not like end game big action shot but but still like you know explosions happening people running people falling right like all that kind of whiz bang stuff and so to pull off that scene combined with overall a very clever movie combined with overall a way to weave it into a category that we were having a lot of fun with made it one of my favorite picks on the year I think it's a great pick. And I, like I said, I think I had an audible groan the first time you said it. Cause I think I didn't remember it the first time either. Uh, yeah. Those big, like that's like the Oliver stone. We're going to do something enormous in one take. Nobody screw this up. Cause it's an hour and a half reset sort of deals. <laughs> like there's a couple of those in that movie that really stand out. So that's, it's for that cinematically alone. It's a great pick. It also is an oddly enjoyable movie considering how not, I don't know, warm and fuzzy it is. Well, go. I mean, I, I think there's one thing we discovered while starting to really dive a bit more into Shawshank a few weeks ago. Uh, for some reason, some of these movies that are highly rewatchable are actually really terrible topics. Like, yeah. really, really brutal. Like, yeah. Shawshank Redemption is an unpleasant movie that somehow leaves us feeling great. But boy, that journey. Whew. Yeah, it's, I mean, that movie really pays off in the last, like, six minutes. But getting there is rough. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the whole movie is going up. You're like at Six Flags and you're going up on that roller coaster just for the thrill part. Yeah, You're just kind of going up for like two hours, 20 minutes for a <laughs> yeah. four-minute long descent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Children of Men is sort of on par. You're sort of tense throughout the whole movie. It's, it's a hard topic. And then all of a sudden just sort of really kicks butt for a little while. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it was well said. And it's a, a beautiful, beautiful film and incredibly well acted. Such a, it's a good flick. It's a great flick, great pick. All right. So I don't know where I want to start. Um, I'm gonna, I'll fanboy first. So my first movie came out in 2018. Um, I have decided to give you the same five words that I gave you in the original episode, because I always change how I do my five words. So it's not overly orienting, but then I have the episode to back it up. So I'll give you the five words. And if that's not helping you, I'll give you the episode and see if that gets you over the edge. So five words for this one are just before high school. That would be middle school. Me? Well, yeah, I mean, you go to middle well, school, but what's the, what's the, wait, wait. is the five words, the, um, the episode or the movie? The movie. 
five words of the movie. And what did you tell me the episode? I, 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 I haven't, did. but I can. What was the year in the movie? 2018. Mm, just before high school, is that what you said? Just before high school. Something vacation, summer break, mm. Labor Day. Labor Day? We just talked Labor Day. Labor Day is right before school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, but no. Uh, somewhere between middle school and high school. Am I am I even in the right territory with where? Yeah, it's a little more. It's even more specific. Before you enter high school, what are you in before high school? What's middle the grade? school? What's the grade? Oh, uh, eighth grade with by Bo Burnham. By Bo Burnham. Yeah. So Which, this is from the first director episode. Ah. Oh. Hey. Hey. I'm just doing all the vowels now. I. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> uh, so. I picked this the first time, and this is the first movie I thought of when we did this, because as has been established literally on our podcast, I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. I think he's a, I think he's a genius. I think he's brilliant. Um, this movie, though, is it's just so genuine. Like thinking about it, even in this moment, it's just so flippin' genuine. Like it doesn't have any of these enormous crazy high school story arcs. It doesn't have any of these like what it's literally a movie about being a kid from an eight, like an eighth grade girl's perspective. And it is so it's not romanticized and it's not over the top and it's not particularly funny, but it's genuine. And as a first time director and as a kid who had a weird upbringing, man, like this kid was internet famous when the internet was just interneting. So like he was an early, (laughs) early internet famous person, right? One of the first YouTube stars. Right. Like he, I don't know, his, his direction in in this movie, I think was brilliant. I think the acting was really good because none of them felt like actors. It it felt almost pervasive. Like it almost felt like you were watching this poor girl's eighth grade year, just not go according to how she wanted it, which I, I don't want to put this on people, but I feel like the great, the vast majority of people I meet, felt that way at one point in sure. six between sixth and high school like nobody made it out unscathed <laughs> like, right. no, this is the thing yeah yeah and the movie was just like portrayed as painfully awkward and that time period of your life is painfully awkward but being able to watch it now as an adult and see it treated as film and treated really not delicately and not with kids gloves it was a different perspective and it was chilling and kind of crazy and also, like, you know, not to overly, you know, fanboy for Bo, but like kind of brave for like a dude to make a movie about an eighth grade girl and then have most eighth grade girls kind of go, you nailed this. That's a tough audience, man. <laughs> like, it's a- this is one of those movies that it's still on my list. I finally saw Inside because of you um, and, and liked it very much, though it really wasn't actually what I was expecting. Uh, this one as well as, um, what's his name? Jonah Hill's movie. Mid-90s, which, which I also had in that same episode, right. purely because of, of nostalgia. That movie's less well done, but it was very much my childhood. <laughs> sure. My point is, for me, both of those movies are in the, I know I should see them. I know I, I will appreciate them. And I also know that they're probably really not for me very much. Like, that, that, that's, you know, so be it. But uh, I really, really need to up this on my list. I just finally, uh, I just finally started watching Lincoln again from from a previous discussion we've had. So 
I think it's a great pick, bud. I think you, you know it's okay to totally crush on Burnham. I think he's going to be a talent with us for quite some time and, and is quickly showing himself. And I think we're seeing this a lot more of, of younger comics that they bring, they, they just bring a lot more than just stand up or just yeah. become a comedic actor, right? Like if you, if you were to parallel him to say Eddie Murphy, right? Eddie Murphy started the stand up as a bow, right? And then went from there into sketch and then from there into movies. And, you know, would, would an Eddie Murphy today be making his own movies and writing his own movies? Probably, right? You, he probably would, would have, you know, a more widespread set of talents. So I think it's a great pick and uh, I really need to see it. I would, I, I would, I would encourage you to see this more than mid nineties because mid nineties, like I said, it's, it's so purely nostalgic for kids who grew up like me. Like I was 10 in 95. So like that whole movie was like, uh-huh. Uh, this movie as the father of a daughter, I think you would appreciate not just from the film standpoint, but actually has relevance to your life. Whereas mid nineties is basically just a love letter to being a kid in the nineties. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, I'm going to continue down our track. My friend, I will pick a movie. The movie is from 1994. The again, clearly not enough clue is going to be, Unfortunately, not a penulti- penultimate role. Okay, so this is is this the not the Mav reboot? Nope. Um, not a penultimate. So that means it either is this a Tom Cruise episode? Nope. Hmm. Unfortunately, not a penultimate role. It's just so many double negatives. Unfortunately. Not their second best movie. That's what you're saying. No, penultimate doesn't mean second best, as we've talked about several times. Hmm. I'm I'm now confused on multiple levels because I thought that we, <laughs> I thought that we were told that people use penultimate as though it is the ultimate, and it is not the ultimate. It is not. It is the next then ultimate. It's second to last is what it means. It's the second of a thing in a list. So it doesn't have to be... In other words, penultimate... In this case... I'm just going to go ahead with this. In this case, the episode in question is the final performances. Oh, right. So it's unfortunate that it is not their final... It's unfortunately not their second to last role. It's actually their last role, and then they died. (laughs) so confused okay go ahead i think we're gonna need to cut this whole episode maybe at this point i don't know uh no i'm (laughs) so the movie's from 1994 and i'm gonna go from memory is the clue will be it was something like followed father's footsteps so this is brandon lee from the crow that's correct okay (laughs) i was thinking about this again as i was looking through the list and what i liked about this pick in particular is it could be a very bad pick in a lot of ways. Like we don't really actually know how good or bad Brandon would have been right. as an actor, but I like to think and will spend the rest of my life decide, ha- having decided he would have been pretty darn good. And we would have loved seeing him in lots and lots and lots of stuff. And therefore I'm increasingly saddened that all we got out of him was 1994's the crow. 
Yeah, he is a weird one. He was a weird one in the episode, too, because I had him as the very first person, I think, on my, like, Pong list for that very reason. Like, what we saw from him in this was like, whoa, Brandon Lee. But also, like, you know, it's it's not a lot. It's it's not a huge breadth of work. So, uh, you know, I would expect he would have been awesome. He seemed like he was going to be pretty good. Could have been. I don't know. It's a good pick. the, the potentiality of it is super high. It's, yes, I, uh, potentiality is my new favorite word. Thank you. Like, compared to, you know, we know that Pete Postlethwaite might, might, didn't have many roles left in any scenario, right? right? And I don't mean that to be denigrating, but just just he was old. Old? <laughs> you could say old. It's not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what's what's next for you bud um this one movie came out in 2015 i my five words at the time were out of this world survivalist this is i have this this is i'm just trying to remember what episode now i want to get the whole thing in one. Oh, okay i got i got the whole thing this is the martian from movie set in space no, this is the Martian wow. from oh. the the roughing it episode. Ah, there we go. And I couldn't remember, and I didn't do the diligence because I didn't want to because I thought it'd be more fun to talk about it at the time. I can't remember if this is the one on that episode where you and I I had it, and you were like, "Yeah, I totally have this too," and I was like, "Oh, cool," or I had it. And you were like, oh, no, I didn't have that. That's that's clever. I remember thinking it was clever when I picked it. I don't remember whether you thought it was clever or you were like, yeah, that's the right. That's a good pick. I definitely had it on my list for that episode. So if this was the clever one, it would have been maybe a space one or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Because the Martian for space, I think I didn't do this in the outer space just because it was we had just done it. But I loved it for the roughing it one because aside from being like ridiculously good movie, uh, it's just mad dirt, man. He's got so much dirt. There's like red dirt, regular dirt, and then like potatoes, and he's got to smell bad. He roughed it pretty hard. It, no, it's a it, it's a great roughing it pick as well. <laughs> uh, I think, look, it's it's a really solid movie. It, it's high on my list of rewatch and show the kids because I realized I only watched it with Sam only when it first came out. So definitely due for a, a new checkout on my end for sure. Yeah, this this is a good one. This is one. This is a great HBO by accident movie when it's like all of a sudden you're like, ooh, it's the last forty five minutes of The Martian. It's just because like it, it, once you've seen it once, you can pick it up at any point and you're like immediately oriented as to where they are in the storyline. Well, it's funny because the the uh, the rewatch of the Bill Simmons Rewatchables podcast did one with The Martian, and I remember going into it like I feel this is a really recent movie to call it a a you know serious rewatchable movie. But while listening to it, I, I I was able to put myself in that place. Like if I was in my 20s and I was a live TV watcher and this was on TNT Sunday at 5 p.m. at pretty much any scene to the end, I'm in it's for happening. sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 This is one of those weird movies that I think the like I don't remember what the runtime is. I, I don't think it's too long. Uh, like it's long, but I don't think it was like really long. But I do feel like. I'm more more if it's got less than an hour, I'm a hundred percent watching it. And then for every 15 minute interval that it goes up, it drops down by like 10 or 15% of how bad I want to watch it. 
What what would you wager, or not wager, but just sort of what would be your hunch as to more long term rewatchable holdup? Ready? Yep. Castaway or The Martian? Oh boy, um, that's a really good question. Or or you're browsing through your TV guide right now, and they're both on with both an hour to go. Oh, well, so both an hour to go, it's The Martian because the best stuff in my only mm. my only gripe with Castaway is when he's off the island. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's a fair point. And, and the truth is the buildup to him leaving isn't actually that big a buildup. If, 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 if you rewatch it, you'll see like it's just sort of all of a sudden he's decided like the moment hits. And he's got the ship. You haven't really seen him make it, you know, right. which actually was clever storytelling to not have that lead up. Yeah. Like the first time you watched it, it was really exciting, but I would argue the best part of Castaway is probably the first hour and it gets progressively not worse, but like once, you know, he loses Wilson, he's in the ocean, all that stuff is great. But then like the whole, like him reacclimating on land and having to go and see his wife, that whole part right. is fine. And it's necessary to close the loop. But like, if you're giving me that or like the last hour of the Martian, I'm watching Matt Damon in space. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. And the, <laughs> I think Castaway is probably the better middle. I think the, I think the truth is, if, it, if it's on cable and you know they're both on, you you start with the Martian until 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 the plane crash crashed in Castaway. Yeah, spoiler. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> he ends up on this desert island. Uh, yeah. I think you get to that. I, I think at that moment, though, you're like, or maybe when the boxes start showing up at shore, some somewhere you know, somewhere in that. Bit. The scenario that you just gave, if I've got an hour left of both, I'm, I'm kind of imagining that I remember exactly when things happen in Castaway. I'm probably in Castaway for the first th- like 30 minutes until he's off the island. The second he loses Wilson and they, he hears the plane, I'm on the marsh until the end. I th- yeah, I, I'm thinking about it now. I think what's happening is I'm watching the Martian. But at every commercial break, I go back to Castaway. And for some of the sequences, I end up staying all the way through the next commercial break. Yeah. You just previous channel it back and forth until you find yeah. the parts that you like and don't like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Except I don't have live TV, so who knows? Who knows? But uh, all right. I will go on then to... All right. This is going to be a wonky, but the movie's from 1973. Yep, I'm out. <laughs> and I will give this clue. Definitely heard it before, JT. Definitely heard it before, JT. So before comma, JT, or before JT? <laughs> before JT, no comma. Definitely heard it before, JT. So is this the pre-85 original song one? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. And you said it came out in 73. And I'm trying to think that there's so, I mean, this is impossible. Am I going to get this? From that alone, no. From I'm trying to remember what the, what the clue I gave you at the time was without looking it up. But let's see. I'll give you a, what would I give you? It was a quick five wordy top songwriter's second band effort. Top songwriters second band effort so is this wings mccartney pretty good i'm not gonna get the song i don't think though mm. it's a uh, live and let die from oh from bond 
Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Again, you know, we started talking about the song a little bit in that episode, and I don't know what happened, but there was some point after that episode where it came on. It's in one of my one of my like happy playlist kind of things. Sure. And I remember listening to it and just going through the whole song, being like, "What an amazing song this actually is!" The yeah. multi-layered nature of it, like it's not just one song in a way. And while doing that re-listen, I was like, you know, this was an amazing song. Bond Bond music in general has been pretty good, but this is definitely up up a whole nother kind of echelon, in my opinion. And the fact that it still utterly holds up, like like Live and Let Die come on the radio. I don't care which version, by the way. You can give me like if Adele does a really broody version of it, I'll hear that too. It's cool, you know. Sure. So that's my uh, that's my next pick here. Yeah, that one goes to eleven. Have you um, did you watch the Beatles documentary thing? Not yet. I was actually just talking about it with a uh, favorite listener, Jeff. And I think there's, you know how the last, did you watch the last dance? Yes. So the last dance, they break up. It's either nine or 10 episodes in hour long increments. So it's very watchable. You know, I know Jackson loves him some trilogies, but two and a half hours, like even Zack Snyder's like, Hey man, you could cut this up a little more. It's hard. Listen, I mean, how much you know, you watch? Um, so I'm on episode two. I'm, I'm in hour 12 of episode two, I think. Um, <laughs> it's so long, dude. And like, the problem is, is that, so here's, here's a problem. Let me tell you a problem. Here's a problem. I want to keep watching it, but we started watching it together. My wife and I, Kayla and I oh. started watching it. Kayla, sleepy, sleepy, JT, no sleepy, sleepy. So now I can't watch it because now we're in it together. And I'm like, listen, we got to watch this thing, but it takes forever um, but no spoilers as a Beatles fan, as a music fan, it's fascinating. I'm it's sure. Really fascinating. I, by the way, I fully hear you. I had to watch, we had to watch the second, the last episode of money heist. The second, the, the last third of it. I think I saw it three, maybe four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I want to, yeah. So I want to, it's called get back, right? Um, yeah, get back. Document. Yeah, I want to watch it very much. I, I've heard it's beautiful. I oh. love the, the material. Uh, I just need. A, I think it'll probably become a rowing thing because then I won't mind breaking it up into these uh, 30, 30 odd minute increments. It's probably the best way to watch it. It's probably yeah. the best way to watch it. All right, me turn. Uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, November 3rd, 2017. I'll give you the five words. He's a friend from work. Uh, this is Thor Ragnarok from Best Trilogies. No, this is no, Thor Ragnarok. No, this is Thor Ragnarok from Episode 62, the Marvel Top 5 with Sam. And what? whose pick was this and what was the con? Wait, what was the it was mine. So I was stuck okay. between either a pick from me or a pick from Sam. And because Sam had a pick in that episode that I remember being so pumped out and I can't for the life of me remember what it was. And I didn't go back and look. So Sam, you deserve this pick, but I picked me anyway, just because it was easier. I think it might've been Gamora. I can't remember specifically though. Cause we, the uh, problem I think is, it was, no, I think it was, it was Nebula. It was Nebula. It was Nebula. Sorry. Nebula. Yeah. That was, yeah, Nebula. it was That's Nebula. Right. I was sitting here going through while you were talking. I'm like, okay, wait, what did he, I know which one he's talking about. Which, which was the side, who was the other character? 
it was Nebula. It was Nebula. And it was such a cool pick, and he he did it such justice that this pick really belongs to Sam. But I decided to pick this one because just out of happenstance, yesterday, literally yesterday, like Rob Lowe literally yesterday on TikTok, uh, I saw an interview with Mr. Hemsworth talking about this line from this movie. Here's what I didn't know at the time. So this was that we did a, a, this is actually one of my favorite episodes that we did this year, to be honest. I loved it, partially because Sam was so much fun, but also just because we did a bunch of minis. And so it was like a lot of back and forth and it was all like stuff you couldn't do. And I think we should, I'd love to lean into that in like Lord of the Rings because I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. Like we could do this more. But with this one, it was just like your favorite, like one liners, like kind of like funny moments. And that he's a friend from work for me is still just the joy in his face is so funny. Here's the part I didn't know. Do you know who wrote that line? Quentin Tarantino. No. There was a -a Make-A-Wish kid on set that was there observing and watching. Yeah. And he recommended to Hemsworth, you should say, hey, I know him from work. Wow. It made the movie. Did he get credited in there somewhere? I hope he did. I hope he did. It was so neat. And it was amazing to me that I didn't know. I'd never heard that. And literally yesterday, just on TikTok, was Chris Hemsworth. They show the thing, and he's like, yeah, it's actually a cool story. There was a a kid from a foundation there, and he just sort of threw the line out. And so I tried it, and everyone on set immediately agreed, like, yeah, that's the line. (laughs) It's awesome. It's so cool. So anyway, I got excited about it all over again, so I I figured I'd throw it in in my face. Yeah. Nice. All right, we got two more to go here, so I'll start with um, I'll start with this. Uh, I twenty thirteen will be the movie itself, which again we'll try to find a way to come back to. Sure. And for the episode, it's I like this movie again. Um, is this the rewatch? No, Mad reboots. Mad reboots. It is okay. Twenty thirteen. Should have made book two parter. Twenty thirteen should have made book two parter. What was the book? So, um, should have made book two parter. So, twenty thirteen. This is Harry Potter time. It wouldn't be Lord of the Rings because you wouldn't change anything in Lord of the Rings. Is two if two parter is just a word, should have made sci-fi book two parter. Is this a Star Wars thing that you picked? Didn't you pick it? It is not. It's I if I if memory recalls, I don't know if you'd read that. I don't think you read it, but I could be wrong. But the movie is um good. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's Ender's Game. Oh yeah, this is the one that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Had you read it? I can't remember. Nope. Yeah, it's a it's phenomenal book, very mad movie, and I really stand by this pick. This is one of those, even going into it, I, I had been talking to Jeff uh, prior to the episode, and he's like, you're going to do Ender's Game, aren't you? I'm like, well, I can't reveal all of the episode prior to you listening to it, sir. But, but yeah, but of yes. course I am. <laughs> because it's one of those things that was really bugged me, and... I'm so convinced that I'm right that this would make a great two-part movie if you split it up that way and same cast, same everything. In fact, I'm willing to wager that there's probably a, a, a script that's long enough to turn into two 
where they don't have to cut everything and they can make it all coherent. And I really want it. And it's a great movie, a great book with great potential. And so just make it, please, somebody. It's a pretty big cast. Right? Harrison Ford. It's a good cast. Yeah, Harrison Ford, Abigail Breslin, who's gone on to do big things, Viola Davis, Ben Kingsley, Haley Steinfeld, who's now literally everywhere. Yeah, and then I I haven't watched Dickinson yet, by the way, but it's now coming up in all the things, like one of the best shows of the year, and I I hadn't watched it all, so I want to give that a shot. I, I gotta be honest, I didn't I, I respected her as an actress, but I did not love her performance in uh Hawkeye. I, I maybe I just didn't like the character that much. I don't know. No, you know what? Like we maybe we'll talk about this. Well, we can talk about it now. I don't care. We've talked about this off air a little bit. I really, really actually enjoyed the writing in that. It was like I thought it was a good ending. I liked the way they did most of it. She bugged me. Something seemed really disingenuous with her character, and I couldn't I don't I don't dislike her. Like I like her and lots of other stuff, but for some reason, I don't know. It just, it felt like she was acting when everybody else was actually not, I don't know. It was weird. The, the best scenario I came up with, I had this thought one night is that the character itself, like uh, Kate, yeah. Kate Bishop yeah, Kate is supposed Bishop. to be, she's supposed to be this sort of mildly aloof because she's from a rich family, but also like very grounded, but also very not trusting of things and people. And so there's part of me, I have this, I have this like 5% thing. That's like, actually she utterly crushed the character and I just don't Mm -hmm. like the character, but the rest of me is like, nah, there's just something lackluster about the character development and she did what she could with it. Oh, interesting. I like that take. I do like that take because it's definitely not the one that I have. So that's interesting. So we'll see. Huh, Who knows? Right. Who knows? Right. Ender's game. But the, but the best part of that show is Florence Pugh as um, Yelena calling her Kate Bishop over and over and over. Dude, again. she's so good. If they don't find a way to make her a big star in the Marvel Universe, I'm going to be proper pissed. Oh, I think it's coming. I think she's got. It has to. Yeah. She's got time. That show was, I mean, that show worked on her back. Yep. Like it was, she, like the second she entered it, it got like her episode. Oh, just great. She's great. The mac and cheese and the whole thing is great. She was so great, good. man. She's great. So good. All right. My next pick, the movie came out in 1996. Um, the five words, these are not going to help you at all. Strike, adversary, steep. And the episode, I'm going to give it to you all at once because there's no way that helps. It's original songs post-1985. Okay. This is DMX's uh, Hit Em Hard or something. So you're, it's Hit Em High okay. from Space Jam. Okay. Is it DMX? It's not. You're you're uh, not you're not off though. It's Busta Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J, Be Real from Cypress Hill, and Method Man. So everybody but DMX, basically. Basically everyone except DMX. <laughs> it's like it's like all of DMX's friends are all like, we're gonna go record this jam. Uh, you can go sit over there. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Not uh, cool. so I loved this pick because it was highly sentimental to me. And it just it was it was fun. More importantly, it was just like, dude, this whole album is so good. This whole album is so good. 
It's a criminally underrated soundtrack because it's a movie that, by the way, should not be taken seriously. I don't think it's an underrated. I think everybody, fringe or not, millennial, you know, plus some Gen X, plus some under, think of this album as like triumphant, especially relative to the movie. Well, relative to the movie, that's a, that's a non-starter. This relative is a big the- album. I, I know, like, it's not my gen- like. For me, it's uh, MTV Party to Go Volume Two. <laughs> now this is music forty-seven. <laughs> Kinda. There were only, as far as I know, there's only two MTV Party to Go albums, and the second one, oh, Summertime. I mean, <laughs> OPP. I mean, I, PM Dawn. You got PM Dawn on that. I do love. I do love PM Dawn. Yeah, I mean, I just think that if, like, if you look through this, who's on this album, like. Seal, everybody I just named, which is like basically a, a fair percentage of the most popular rappers at the time. Monica, All for One, Bismarcky and the Spin Doctors, Jay-Z, Salt and Peppa, D'Angelo. It's a really, really strong album. Like this is almost cover-offable. You can almost go cover to cover on this album and not be disappointed with like the one exception that none of us should listen to I Believe I Can Fly by that horrible, horrible human. Listen, this is an art and artist topic. I, I, there's no way I'm not going to hear. I believe I can play that. Would, you know, on that on that, that basis, you should just stop listening to, to Tchaikovsky either. You know, and I know uh, you, I, guess that's I know Tchaikovsky's in all your playlists, but like everyone starts and everyone. ends every single one of them. <laughs> Give me some of that piano concerto number one all day. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I live, bro. <laughs> Album one, track one. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think in any way you should shy off that praising that album because I know it means a lot to a lot of people. It's good. Well, the thing that's interesting as a music nerd is that like so much of that music actually holds up relatively well. Like D'Angelo was D'Angelo so good, but like that hit him high, like that, the, the flow in that. And the, the fact that there was all those people who came together to make that song, like that was a big deal when that movie came out because like a lot of those guys, like there's a lot of beef in that world in that moment. And so for these dudes to just all come together and like kind of lace this crazy track, especially especially LL, who at the time was kind of like falling off. I don't know. It's just neat. It's a neat album. It's a really neat album. Good pick, bud. Hey, thanks. All right. Last one for my top five. Movie from 1998. Sure. Episode, What a Country It Is. America. So can you guess it? Just 1998. Oh, American Pie. No, no, unfortunately, this was this was my pick. I, I partially picked this because of your reaction to it at the time. Um, your least favorite title song? My least favorite title song. What's a least favorite title song that I have? Um, I have no idea. I don't know how you're going to miss this pick. I mean, it's, it's happening in real time, I think. You don't want to miss a thing. A thing. Armageddon. That's the one. Man, I still hate that one. <laughs> I know. But I also know that when I think about America movies, like this is so up there. It It's so, if Armageddon was actually a parody of America, it would work <laughs> just as well yeah. as if it was a parody of thriller movies or any other I mean, you might as well have had a bunch of dudes in Florida shooting at the the comet, right? Like, you might as well. 
You could, I would, you know what, internet, get after this. Somebody make a cut of that movie as though it was written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I, there's enough footage to do it, and you could probably shorten it, and it probably, it would work. <laughs> or, or just a trailer, like the David Lynch style Ferris Bueller's Day Off trailer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. just give me the America as if it was a, yeah, a deep, or, or a Michael Moore. How about that? You make it look like it's oh a Michael God. Moore commentary. On the, I bet you could splice together footage from America, Armageddon and footage from, I was going to say Bowling for Columbine, but it's such a heavy topic. And, That's rough. You know, I'm not making light of that, just more, I'm making light of Michael Moore. Uh, right. But I'll bet you there's some, some, some content that would work really well together between those two. Absolutely has to be. That's good. Yeah, I like it. That's really good. <laughs> it's very good. All right. My last pick. So I'm kind of stuck between two. Um, both are episode repeats for me oh no one of them's not well uh, there will be a pong for you to share your other selection yeah i know and if you want to talk longer about it there's not going to be a big protest we're not no, going to protest we're not gonna protest uh I'm, i'll go with this 2005 was the movie the five words i gave you at the time were mouth on mouth loud noise Mouth. Oh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, so Shane Black. Uh, episode 65 from the first time director EP. This one is, it's, I'm, I'm choosing this one out of pure sentimentality that I have tried for, I had tried at that point for 64 episodes to find a reason to talk about this movie. <laughs> and right. was mostly unsuccessful because it didn't really fit in, it doesn't really fit into most things, which is part of the reason I think I like the movie so much is it's not any one thing beautifully but it's a lot yeah. of things pretty good yeah uh and also i didn't know all the things i learned about shane black until researching it which was really neat i was like oh this dude's wild what a wild thing like he's got a wild acting career and then these weird he wrote all this weird stuff and then he did iron man 3 which is you know it is what it is like just a lot of stuff there's just a lot of stuff that i didn't know that somebody like him existed. And it is genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. I wanted to compare him in a way to like a not insane Gary Busey, but I don't think that's quite right either. No, he's, um, I don't, I don't know what his comp is. He's kind of, that's why I, I enjoyed learning about him so much because like, I didn't know. I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Is he, is he possibly, a not quite as talented Donald Glover type who can just sort of do all of the different things. Maybe. Although That's we still don't know. We, just, we still don't know about Glover as a real writer. Like he hasn't written and it's, we don't have him as a written and directed by guy yet. Right. Well, dude, Atlanta TV, different, different. Oh, Atlanta is so good. I think you could. I, I'm not, de pretty I'm not debating the caliber of a TV episode. I'm just saying that the, the what it takes to pull off a successful TV episode or even a whole season is different than what it takes to pull off a movie. I that's all. Respect, that's all I, no, respectfully agree. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe he's that's an interesting comp. That's, I, I just I think Glover is. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'll yeah. take it. All right, all right. So Pong in the way. Yeah, sure. All right. So now we do our five more things that we don't talk about quite as much unless we really want to, and then we do. Yeah. So I uh, will go to a movie from 1996. Okay. And <laughs> five, five words for the episode. 
First, we kill these folks. <laughs> First, we kill these folks. That's a very funny five words. I have no idea what that's for, though. First, we kill these folks. What could first, that be for? First, we kill all the lawyers. Oh, first we kill all the lawyers. So this is the lawyer episode. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Movies from 96. And I think my clue is something on the order of named after a porcelain cup. Named after a porcelain cup. I have no idea. The character is Kobayashi. The movie is The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects, yeah. I, I missed that in our... I think I missed that in our episode, too. It's a great pick. You did. And and, and for me, it's like finding ways to pull usual stuff. Again, separating art from artists. Uh, finding a way to pull that movie into any list is... It's a very... It's, I have a very weird obsession with this movie because I, I'm one of those people that I've, I've seen it probably a dozen or more times and believe it to be actually infinite rewatchable despite it being so, so much in that sort of sixth sense it's all about the big twist. I just don't think it's actually all about the big twist. I think the big twist just makes all the rest of it even better. Yeah, I, I have no argument. I think you said that perfectly. I think that the, the movie is astoundingly good for that reason specifically, that you can watch it after knowing the thing that makes the movie and you want to watch it anyway. Whereas like movies like Memento, I think they lose a little bit of their luster after you kind of see... Everything. Same thing with with um, the other one you just said. Like there's, you know, once you or six cents. Like once you see that curveball, it's like, oh, that was amazing. Every M Night Shyamalan movie ever. Oh, right. I don't need to see that again. <laughs> yeah, I have two that fit very well in the latter bill, which is Six Sense and The Game by Finchner, oh, which yeah. are both they are both worth a second watch once you know what's going on to under to to then see how did they do that thing. Yep. Whereas I find the usual suspects, even after that second rewatch, it just makes you realize more stuff to watch yeah. it again and again. And so I, uh, I will sneak it into every list I can. That's great. Uh, my next one. So my first pong is uh, February of 2018. Five words where a Royal family honestly introduces itself. What's the year? Uh, 2018. Royal family. Honestly, <laughs> I know it's not this, so it's stuck in my head is where the Millers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Which is neither a royal family nor do they really introduce themselves. But uh, you want to tell me the episode? Sure. Movie family episode. It's not the Royal Tenenbaums. It is not. I think you might have stumped me. So I think I got you on this the first time too. Uh, the Udakus, the Black Panther. Yes, 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 yes. Good job. Yep. Liked it then, like it now. Next. Yep. 1987, <laughs> where someone has gone before. Outer space. Yeah. 87. 87. Yeah. Parody of big sci-fi film. Oh, Spaceballs. Yeah. Okay, great pick. There you go. Okay. Next. Uh, I did, this was uh, September of 1978. Like, nice mustache, man. September of 78? Yeah. Oh, you did this to me last time. I didn't get it that time. That's right. It's not 
It's not Deliverance. Nope. 1978. And it's not my movie. It's not uh, Breaking Away. Nice mustache, man. Not American Graffiti. It's not Alien. What is it? This is Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong. Right. <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's Our mustache episode. <laughs> so next up from movies in 90, 1995 and Your Upper Lip is Dirty was my uh Okay. My, so mustache episode. Yeah. So 95. I think the clue was could be removable or an eyebrow. Uh, oh, 95, though. Oh, I thought I had it for a minute. Now I don't. I don't know. It's uh, Toy Story. It's Mr. Potato Head. Oh, Mr. Potato Head's so good. That was so And good. I just liked it because I so got you with that one. And it just it's made really me feel good. real good. <laughs> yeah, that was it, was. it was and still is really, really good. Uh, what was the other one that I had? So the next one that I had was... Um, let's see. Where was it? Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, there it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's yeah, whatever. Uh, August of 1995. Hooligan Heaven. <laughs> Hooligan Heaven. What's the episode? Yeah. Uh, this was the original songs post 85. Oh, this is the Michelle Pfeiffer, Criminal yep. Minds, uh, 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 Gangster's Paradise. There you are. Yep. There we go. Did not get it last time because I couldn't go from heaven to paradise at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Movies from 89. Okay. Should have stopped with this one. Oh, Matt Reboots? No. No. The, the, is this the threequels thing? Yes. Okay. 89? Yeah. Should have stopped with this one. 89. 89. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is going to make me so sad. I don't know. Uh, this. Let's see. I'll try one more. Five more. I actually let that clue work for both, but let's go with... Um, <laughs> better without a fringe scene? Ghostbusters. No, it's uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Oh, oh, God, they definitely should have stopped with that one. Holy moly. There you go. Yeah, okay. Well done. Well done. Uh, Next one for me was, this was a a stupid pick then. It's a stupid pick now. 2004, Talkling, Tussling, Tearing, Triumph, Trident. (laughs) I feel like you said that last time. I think I got it the first time, and now I'm now I'm 2004. Yep, episode 56, the battle scene episode. Trident. So it's that's, not Waterworld. No, but that's the key. That's the one that's yeah, going to yeah. get you home. <laughs> and it's before all of the Aquaman stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, not in that genre at all. Best battle scene. Not Ava- is it, it's not Avatar, is it? No. You got me. What is it? This was the news team battle from Anchorman. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't get it then. You're good at this, buddy. All right. Last one. 98. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, career resurgence. Correct. 
What not? What's ninety eight? The the year that the they movie were. in question, and we'll just go with. She should have skipped the rom coms. J Lo. Yes. Yeah, I loved I loved that pick so much when you made it because I didn't I didn't think of it, and yeah, absolutely love that. Uh, all right, my last one was March of twenty seventeen. Adopted ish parent shepherds children safely ish. I swear that's five words. There's hyphens. I'm going to guess this is Logan. Hey, my man. Let's go. There we go. Yeah. So this is from episode 54 of the best turn in the trilogy. I just really love Logan. I, I think it's like oddly. I don't think it's disrespected. I just think it's oddly not talked about as part of the larger picture of that. Like it just—I don't know. I, I just don't hear people talk about it. I thought it was really good. I think, I think it was really good. Agreed. I think at the time people talked about it a tremendous amount. At the time, people, for sure. Yeah. My hunch is, it's in this category. Like, it's not that pleasant a watch. It's not fun. No. Right? It's it's not fun. Uh. Uh-uh. At all. Nope. Although I will tell you, I just tried watching the new suicide, the the second Suicide Squad movie. You're a brave person. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. And and I think about these darker movies, and I know that most of them have been DC movies, and I haven't really liked them. You know, whereas you think about most of the Marvel movies, and they're mostly upbeat and fun, and it's like I kind of want to watch those. You know, the X Men series kind of waxes and wanes with with that spectrum of are they Great. fun. Are they too silly? Like, have they gone way over the top and ridiculous? And Logan sort of hits that probably one of the best of all of those movies. And yet so dark that it's just not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. I've, I have no argument for that. It's not, but it's real good. And it has one of the best uses of one of the best end credit music scenes in the history of music. For sure. Totally agree. All right, Jared, that's a, that's a wrap, bud. So 21, 21 uh, in the books. But I feel like there's like one more thing that we should do, and I feel like we should do it next week. So next week, I think we need to do a wrap on the best thing we watched in 2021. How do you feel about Ooh. that? Ooh, yeah, well, we did that last year, and yeah. that was fun. And I like it because it's sort of, I'm sure, actually, funny enough, last year when we did it, there were certain movies we hadn't realized the other ones had seen. Right. This year, because we do this podcast, I'm pretty sure neither of us has watched a single thing without the other one knowing. Probably. So let's let's let it rule, though. When we say best thing we've watched, are we exclusively talking movies or are we allowing TV shows? No, this is we're going to do. We'll do movies. Let's stick okay. with the stick okay. with that. And I'm going to do you want to include the maybe you saw it once when you're a kid, but haven't seen it in like 20 plus years and don't really remember it. So it sort of feels new to you. Yeah, I think I think new to you is fine as long as it genuinely was new to you where you were like, oh, man, I don't remember any of this. Like as long as it fits in that category, then I think that's totally fair. Yeah, like I wouldn't I probably wouldn't put in Chinatown because I knew about a third of it going into it and I knew it had something horrible at the end. Sure, same. Uh, same with like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Like Jumpin' Jack Flash, I remembered enough of where I was like, I can't, I can't pretend right. I didn't see this. Right, but like, I don't remember. Actually, I have to go check. I don't remember if it was twenty one or twenty two when I rewatched Rebel Without the Co- Rebel Without the Cause. All I remember in it was like James Dean and the red jacket. Like that's <laughs> I couldn't remember one plot point to save my life. So yeah, I wouldn't include that. All right. Yeah, yeah, that one's totally in. 
All right, so 2022, off with a bang. We will send 2021 packing next week. Uh, please, you know, do share, like, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. More importantly, uh, the whole app store, like, giving us ratings, that actually is helpful. And we love you all. So uh, thanks for joining the Lo-Fi Tap 5. Feeling optimist, yeah, I got a lot to live on time.